Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Welcome to the Memorial Day podcast marathon featuring a variety of episodes. The anatomy of a superhero panel has been held at San Diego Comic-Con for the last five years. I was lucky enough to sit and chat with this year's talented composers. I start off with Ludwig Göransson, who's scoring Black Panther and the upcoming Death Wish, and Brian Tyler, who scored Avengers Age of Ultron and the recent Power Rangers. I mean, you're all scoring very different. Uh, I mean, you're handling Black Panther. And is, when you're doing something like that, do you, is incorporating some of the ethnic sounds important to the sound of the movie to kind of give the flavor of the film? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you, the story of, of, of uh, Wakanda, it's, it's, it's basically a, a, a fictional country in the middle of Africa, Central Africa, that was, and it sits on a mineral that's like the, 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 the most highest technological mineral in the world. So, so these civilization are the highest technical civilization in the world. So during the colonization, they were able to protect themselves and they were never discovered by any other. So, so what would happen in, within the country in Africa if they were, if they were never colonized, basically? Um, and so the options of music in, in, in this, the doors are so open. You can do, I mean, you can do anything, but I have to obviously start with Africa, and there's so many different types of, there's one, over 1,000 languages in Africa, and all of them have their own instruments and their own music, so. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. We're connected on this because the yeah. first scene of Wakanda, I scored in Avengers: Age of Ultron. That's right. So, so um, in the in the, the mind of the world. So yeah, it's interesting because what Ludwig was, you know, he, some of the previews of the vibe that he was going for is is we actually kind of landed in a similar spot where you you try to reflect different parts of African music. Often it's percussion, but there's a lot of tuned instruments too that are interesting in there, um, and. Um, but there's also a mystery about it because of the storyline of where this the, the, this material is coming from that's being mined that, of course, ties in with Captain America and ties in with all sorts of different things. So um, it's um, it's a cool thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes because it was like one, you know, 10-minute scene in the movie I did and seeing like that there's like the whole, like this entire movie yeah. springs from that. It's similar and there's some characters that are in common as well. Mark Isham, who is scoring Marvel's new Cloak and Dagger, asked Ludwig this question. When you were down there, did you record voices as well, or? Mm -hmm. I did. I did. I, I spent one week in a studio in, in outside the car, and basically had a, a musician there that hooked me up with. I was like, I want one day with Cora, and one day with a Sabar group ensemble. Uh, I had three lyric, vocals choir coming in, um, all different percussionists, and then I kind of just layer them on top. I mean, they already know, you know, if you play their music and if they play separate and they're hearing, them, they're hearing themselves, they already know the patterns, but I was able to record everyone separate, so I have... Yeah, you control over it. Control, and, later, yeah. and then, but then the, the challenge is how do you put uh, this orchestra over that and still make it feel African? As soon as you try to put an orchestra over these rhythms and these patterns, it stops sounding African. This is really for everyone here. When you score a, a film or even a scene, do you, I guess depending on the project, do you prefer kind of writing to what we're seeing or writing towards the character? 
names or characters. That's an interesting question. It's probably depends. <laughs> it depends. I start with what I'm seeing usually as yeah. the, to pick the sounds. There's something about the sound needs to be in that same universe that I'm seeing. Right? They need to mix. They need to feel like it belongs there. So sort of odd as that might sound, but certain textures just don't want to live in that visual to me, and then other textures do. But then to get the nuance, to get the, the exact melody, to get the exact chord change, then it becomes all about the characters and the intricacy of the emotion. David Russo scores the television series Gotham. You know, what's fun we've been doing for the past uh, three years on Gotham is I, I write a bunch of stuff before the season even begins, based on a conversation with the showrunner, what the characters might be, and then we have this orchestral session, and then uh, last season he goes, you know, it's, it's interesting, the, the, the session, what it yielded affected the choices they made in writing later in the season, which was really fun, but... But, uh, but like you're saying, it's kind of, um, what do you prefer? That the question is, what do you prefer? Actually, I prefer to write away from picture. Then it's, it's freer. Because when as soon as there's a picture, then I'm locked into the rhythm of the scene. And that really uh, hem, right. hems me in. What about working in that superhero world? Uh, I mean, there's, I guess there's a, almost a language you kind of have to follow musically. Isn't, isn't I think there's certain things that sound. I, we don't. I don't. The, the psychology of music is interesting. You know, I don't know why. The, the basics, like even why your brain interpolates a minor third is sad and a major third is happy, or you know, or the, 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 in general. And so I think there is kind of a sound and uh, kind of a when you're talking about superhero genre, there, there there needs to be some kind of lift and aspirational kind of thing that we see as heroic that we can relate to. So I think there's a certain amount of melody that needs to be basic like a folk melody that that kind of represents the the uh you know the before this character the, the tony stark before he was iron man kind of thing and then as it becomes a superhero that's where the, a lot of the fanfare and the the kind of orchestration brings it up and and uh, it's it's interesting. I, I don't really think about it. Probably none of us. You just kind of start writing, and it's oh, okay. This fits. You know, it seems right, and you, and you're you're not likely to do something that that clashes because that's <laughs> unless you're trying to be counterintuitive the entire time. You know what I found interesting? <laughs> Is it Jessica Jones that had more of like a jazz score? Yeah. Am I making that up? Yeah. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice. I think. Yes. And it was kind of fits the character. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, fit. for sure. What is your feelings on using choir choir arrangements in your music, incorporating that? I, I do a lot, but I, should, I mean, it depends, you know. Avengers, Power Rangers, Thor, those all, Iron Man. It's Mummy did, but but I would say most of my scores don't have choir. But then again, most of my scores aren't superhero scores either. So I don't know. It just sometimes brings a lift to things. Human voice and the choir could be anything. I mean, you could use a small group of people. You could still call it a choir. It could be very interesting musically too. It's a very I think very easy way to kind of add that fourth dimension to the music to just kind of it kind of not breaking down the third wall, but it's like it just brings out. 
that extra yeah. greatness and yeah, we're, extra we're greatness lift. To, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've just scored a big kids animated picture mm. about ducks and geese. There's a lot of a lot of things about flying. And yeah, it the, goes the, with the, the choir, man. <laughs> I went to the producer and said, "Look, you got to cough up some money for the choir." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you want to fly? <laughs> you got to fly, <laughs> even if it's a movie for an eight-year-old about a flying flying duck. <laughs> I know, like Tim Burton for the Batman films, you, and especially Batman Returns, used a lot of uh, a lot of choir. Yeah, and, and our show is really not a superhero show yet. Not you yet. Know, no. I mean, it's, so it's like we, we're kind of we're trying to fly. It's an evolution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We haven't quite done it. It's still in the origin. So, but there are we've definitely incorporated choir into it. Uh, as Bruce Wayne starts to kind of see his finest path. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, as far as recording other sounds and manipulating them, is that becoming more and more part of your palette as composer? You know, yes. like, yeah. You know, so, I, when I started, we had to, we had to go and like record all this stuff ourselves. And now, like in the past fifteen years, the amount of libraries of people that are creating incredible stuff—that is, real recordings of strange stuff—it gets getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You, I mean, I think it's always interesting to pull in other instruments. I mean, the, the, like, you know, coming from. <clears throat> Also, Ludwig working on just a lot of hip hop records and things. You know, you do find, oh, I can throw an 808 under this orchestral thing, and it gives it some bottom end punch. Just you know, things like that that you don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to do something different. It's just like you, it's in your palette. If it's in your palette, you like pull from things that you know. You like lots of reverb on a guitar soundscape can be, you know, like a Sigur Ross kind of canopy of sound can be beautiful with orchestra, but it, it's, I think you just, the more, the, I, I think you can make things interesting by having different textures. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Kraft has a great phrase, ear candy. Keep saying you need, you need the ear candy. So I've, been, I've actually, I've been a synthesis guy for years, but I've just got into the whole Eurorack craze. Have a whole little system for manipulating. Just take the tracks, take the stereo feed off the, the track, slam it into the Euro rack, mess with it. <laughs> In some ways, you think there's almost too much that you can do now that that you can spend more time than you really want to spend in the studio because you can do so many things like you couldn't even do like even 10 years ago certainly editing yourself is really a, a crucial crucial skill absolutely but I, I don't know I think I mean I don't know for me like I think people people thought probably thought like that 20 years ago yeah you want to put it's almost like artificial constraints like there you know is, is, a, is a good thing I've sometimes find if you just kind of you start writing some music and you think okay I'm going to limit myself to this, this, and this. Even if it's like a exercise, it can turn into some really creative stuff. I, I'd like to, I did this film, a tiny film, for a buddy of mine called Break, and I had no time, and it was just me playing instruments, and I limited it to like 
vintage 1980 to 83 cents and anything to do with hitting a car <laughs> like car noises you know what I mean so it, it it was like this weird why don't we just do this and then all of a sudden it's like whoa that sounds like really rich and cool and you know there's so much going on why don't I do this all the time you know so it's like having a patch bay of a synth and you're like going through sounds and going oh my god there's so many I have to hear everyone and you just kind of have to let that go <laughs> yeah you guys been working professionally I mean how 20 years or yeah like do you feel do you feel now that there's do you feel like if, if you think about the question like now do you feel like there's so many options compared yeah. to how you felt 20 years ago I still feel the same about it even though I think there's a billion more options now yeah. Yeah. kind of evolved with the evolution of how much there is I also observe myself sort going down a rabbit hole sometimes just like going through everything and realizing that that's not very productive mm -hmm. and just have sort of a self-discipline that inspires me let's go there <laughs> yeah, you don't have to learn every single soft synth and program. It's just it's that, that's a oh, that's cool. Let's follow that path and let's do it now. And because it really, what's more important is that in two hours, I find out where this this whole idea has some legs. So your ground, your cause is still the same. It's, it hasn't really changed from. I mean, for me, it's just like you try to find. Twenty years ago, I mean, you're still trying to find a cool thing, and when you land on it, you're like cool, and you just. For me, I love hard tracking and moving on instead of making so I can always go back and just like slam it in there, record it, and like it's like committing to <laughs> you know what you're doing and just like you know I'm gonna lay this down. This is the tempo I want. Boom. And, and just lastly, and I appreciate you guys all sitting down. I love hearing your expertise. Um, like, how important is it to work with a director in the case of movies and the case of Gotham? It's the producers, obviously, and, and to kind of getting the right sounds from the characters or the film itself. The initial conversation is, is the thing. Like I was saying, I have this conversation with the showrunner, and we'd, I just ask him a million questions and try to get into his head. And it's this one guy who's kind of steering the whole ship, and it's crucial. Like, if I don't understand what he's saying, then I'm in a bad place. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that discussion and taking notes. I take good notes. And if anything, if, if they're not forthcoming, I'd say, we'll just give me adjectives. I want all your adjectives. I'll just make lists of adjectives that they talk about. And then I also talked about what they, what they like, or perhaps more importantly, what they don't like about the tone. Because that gives you something like concrete, to, yeah. concrete to talk about, and you can really get some hard data yeah. as to what they think they want. And I think I think it is extremely important for me to do that, to have that conversation with the director, because a lot of sometimes when you're working on something, you, I mean, I I get down a rabbit hole for like six days working on one little spot. And I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And then my director comes in and he's like, well, I like this. And then, like, it takes 30 minutes to do. And then I use that for the rest of the whole movie. Like, okay. Yeah, same page. Director is always a good thing. Um, also, you might just interpret a scene totally differently. Yeah. You know, I've I've encountered that. Well, I think I think I've nailed. I'm like, I know what this character is thinking, and I do something, and they're like, what? that's not at all what I meant when she had that blank stare. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Special thanks to Costa Communications and San Diego Comic Con. It was a real pleasure doing this roundtable with these talented composers.